Sound of Truth starts now. Welcome to Sound of Truth Weekly Interview, as we seek to inform, inspire, and encourage you in your walk with Christ through engaging interviews of ordinary people in whom God is doing an extraordinary work. I'm your host, Brett Morani, and I'm excited that you've chosen to join us. Hey, Pastor Brett here. Welcome to Sound of Truth. I do want to give a preemptive warning that the content of today's weekly interview will broach some rather adult topics in regard to our guest testimony. So for those of you who are listening and have small children, you might want to think about that before you proceed with this interview. And now here's the Sound of Truth weekly interview with guest Blaine Bartell. Today I'm so excited to have on our show uh, Blaine Bartell. Now you're probably too young to remember this, Rick, but uh, back in the late 80s, early 90s when I was a young preacher boy and I was working with youth as they you know, assign the young preacher boys to work with teenagers. Uh, one of my go-tos ongoingly was to use these videos called Fire by Night, mm-hmm. part of TBN's national television ministry. I believe it might have been on Saturday night or something like that. But I'd take the tapes and I'd put it in. We'd watch this really well well done teen variety show almost with Christian artists that were popular at the time. Really cool sketch. Good preaching from Blaine. So, Blaine Bartell was the host. I kept up with him through the years, and he came out with a book just recently titled Death by a Thousand Lies, where he shares his testimony of struggling with sexual addiction. Mm -hmm. And now he's a sexual addiction coach, and he has joined us for the program. Blaine, thank you so much for joining us. Great to be with you guys. Excited about doing this program with you, because we have no idea where it's going. That's right. You asked me if. You asked me if I wanted the questions ahead of time. I said, no, I want to have fun. Just bring them on. So I can't wait. <laughs> That's awesome. We really appreciate you joining us. Hey, here's a little stuff about a little bit of information about Blaine. Blaine is uh, married to Lori. They've been married for seven years. They've got four children. As I already mentioned, he is currently serving men to help them battle sexual addiction, which is a major portion of his story that we'll, we'll talk about. But hey, before we get into your story and regarding right. sexual addiction and, and and really some of the keys that I'd like for you to share with our listeners about how men can break free from sexual addiction. We'd love to hear your conversion story. Just a, a short synopsis of that. What's your story of coming to faith in Christ? Blaine? Right. right on. Yeah, I, uh, I, I kind of went with my family to a very traditional church growing up in Canada. Uh, it was kind of I guess the best way to describe it would be Catholic light, uh, all the Catholic, uh, less of the guilt. And uh, we uh, we went to that church faithfully, and they were good people. I mean, I I loved the, the, the pastor and, and uh, enjoyed going to church, the Sunday school. I mean, I had good memories of that, but I really never got to know Jesus. You know, I mean, uh, he was just kind of a character on the wall. And uh, so I, I remember at 15, we'd kind of stopped going to church as a family. And uh, I remember sitting on a, on, a, on a bus one day by myself going somewhere. And I remember decisively becoming an atheist that day mm-hmm. and re- really hadn't put a lot of thought into it as a 15 year old kid. But I just, you know, came to believe God wasn't real and he didn't exist. And so I lived that way for about a year. And then something happened. Uh, this guy in my school, I was 16. He would have been 16. He was kind of like the guy in the school. Everybody thought 
hung the moon. He, he had, you know, facial hair when he was 12. He was, you know, middle linebacker on the football team. And everyone loves Stu. And Stu got saved. He went to California for the summer. couple hippies, late 70s, got him saved. Wow. And uh, came back and he started Jesus and inviting us to this church. Uh, and somehow he got me to go. And I went and all of our friends went. And the guys, I'm going to guess, you know, 200 kids in that school. Uh, came to Christ in the next year. And uh, fortunately, there was a pastor in that church uh, that really reached out to us to disciple us. And we started really just getting serious about God. And and I'd never looked back, man. Uh, You know, went to church as soon as I graduated, went to Bible school, uh, felt God's call into ministry. And uh, never look back. So it's uh, it's just so awesome how God found this crazy Canadian in Calgary, Alberta, through uh, through a uh, couple of hippies in California <laughs> that led my friend to Christ. So. <laughs> wow! And then 200, 200 kids from your high school get saved. Right. It's amazing. Beautiful thing. And, yeah. And and a lot of those kids are still serving Jesus. Several of them are pastors and evangelists and missionaries. I mean, it was quite a work of God. So I'm just really, really grateful. So at some point then, Blaine, you transitioned to the States and landed in the Tulsa, Oklahoma area, if that's correct, and really kind of on the cutting edge of uh, media ministry through, I guess, the Gospel Bill show, right? Well, yeah. I met this guy, Gospel Bill. and. his name is Willie George, but he had this character that he was doing on television. He came to Canada to preach and do a, you know, do kind of a children's ministry seminar. And I got to meet him and ended up driving him around and taking him to the airport and helping him with his, you know, his, his, his stuff. And so we connected and he was older than me, about 10 years older, kind of a mentor. Mm-hmm. And uh, he asked me to move to Tulsa and, help him. And so we did. I was newly married at the time. And uh, we decided after me being there, I guess maybe two years to start a, a second television program called Fire by Night. And it would be uh, for teenagers where he was reaching more elementary age. Mm-hmm. And so we started Fire by Night and Fire by Night was basically a four man Saturday night live. <laughs> mm-hmm. We we didn't have the money or the budget or or the studio size, but man, we had a lot of creativity and a lot of inspiration and we uh we threw together some money and started this show and had, you know, Christian rock artists instead of uh instead of the Rolling Stones, we had Carmen and Petra and mm-hmm. uh, right. And uh, had sketches and comedy, and I preached a little bit. And before you know it, the thing took off, and we had like 5,000 churches that were buying it for the youth groups every month. So that helped pay the bills and Mm -hmm. cover the costs. And then, like, you know, all these Christian networks started showing it. So my, my world changed literally in one year. I went from just being just this kid who was like 20, 25 years old and 
trying to figure out life to to being asked to speak all over the country wow. uh, and having this national platform. And uh, it was, uh, you know, looking back, it was a little bit more than I, a little bit more than I was ready for at the time. Mm. Wow. That's a good point. How old were you at this point, Blaine? Uh, 26. Yeah. 26 years yeah. old and you, you, yeah. And you say a little bit more than what you were ready for. I think that's a, a key point that we maybe make a mistake with in the American evangelical church is we elevate people to leadership based upon their skill mm-hmm. and giftedness when their character hasn't been maybe molded enough to be able to handle or pla- tested you or know. tested. Yeah, yeah. To handle the platform that they now have. And we see the number 30 used a lot as a, as a maybe key number of an age where maybe when you start looking at letting that person be in more of a, uh, leadership role. Do you have any thoughts on that, Blaine? Yeah, I do. Uh, you know, I really, I really wish I would have been a lot slower in pushing my, uh, my agenda and my desire for success in ministry. And, uh, you know, I think part of that is we as leaders today, you know, myself as an older leader, you guys, as you're leading men, you know, that are coming up under you that are Timothy's or, you know, uh, men that you're mentoring, we've, we've got to get better at knowing when somebody is ready for something and, uh, how we promote because the younger leaders, they're going to take whatever's given them, you know, Mm -hmm. they're going to take kind of whatever comes. They don't know to say no, they're too fired up and trying to change the world over the weekend. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of that is on us, on our kind of the senior leadership in the body of Christ today to as these young, talented, you know, guys and, and ladies that are coming mm-hmm. up in ministry that we uh, that we're really pouring into their character, that uh, that we're really, you know, we're really evaluating what they're ready for in terms of taking on leadership. And they're like you said. Uh, their their talent level may be ready, but is 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 are they tested? Do they have the metal? Do they have the humility and the character to handle the kinds of promotion that uh, that comes? So, yeah, I you know looking back, you know, yes, I was driven for sure by success and wanted to do well, uh, but there was also this this other element that I wanted to change the world, and uh, you know, I wanted to. I wanted Jesus to be famous. And uh, so, yeah, I just, uh, I don't blame anyone. You know, the, 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 right. the men that gave me the opportunities they gave me were, were good men. And they, uh, I know they were, they were wanting to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, we've just got to, I think as, as church leadership, we've got to get better at, at, you know, helping our younger younger men uh, to be, to, to be reminded that they're not in the sprint. Uh, this yeah. is a marathon. Yeah. Yeah. You were riding high on fire by night and it's success, which led from what I understand to speaking opportunities all over the country. Uh, you want to pick up your story from there as we move maybe into, uh, the reality of how it gets a little bit darker for you personally. Well, for sure. Yeah. I think, you know, given the fact that, uh, I'm this new kid on the block in the church world and, making a name among the evangelicals. Uh, I'm, 
I'm taking every opportunity that comes. I mean, I'm traveling every weekend, running home Sunday night after speaking, uh, getting off the airplane, going to bed, getting up the next morning, taping television shows uh, for four days and then leaving again. So I just allowed my soul to really uh, be uh, lost over the course of two years. Uh, I wasn't paying attention to it. My marriage, which was a fairly new marriage, was uh, not being cared for and cultivated. Um, my boys who were being born during this period uh, really didn't have a father that was there enough. And so there was just a, there was a lot of uh, brokenness that was uh, going on behind the scenes in my life and in my marriage. And so by the time I was 28, uh, I was in a hotel room. I'd never looked at porn a day in my life. And uh, for whatever reason, at the end of this weekend at this hotel, after speaking all weekend, I was just uh, exhausted. And I remember feeling like I had no resistance left in my soul at all for temptation. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was that adult movie box on top of that TV, and and I'd seen it in a hundred hotel rooms. But that night, I just hit the red button, and I watched the adult movie uh, that came on, which was basically you know softcore porn, and uh, that was the beginning of uh, an addiction that lasted um, twenty three years of my life, mm-hmm. and. The biggest mistake I made that night, I tell guys all the time that I coach today, was not hitting the red button because we all hit red buttons. Uh, I don't care who you are. may not be porn for you. It may be something else. Right. But we have our we have our sins yes. and we, we have our trespasses. And uh, that was mine. And my biggest mistake was I went down to the front desk and I paid for the movie because I didn't want my host who was paying for the room to find out. And uh, I didn't want to be exposed. And I decided I could beat this by myself. Mm. Um, I would stop it. And I, I repent and I pray and I fast and I do all the right things, but it would come back. And, you know, six months later, show up again. And then it was three months later. And then it was a month later. Until finally, guys, uh, the, the, the pornography and the sexual imagery in my world became regular. It was habitual. And I could not uh, control it. It had become unmanageable. Mm-hmm. And that just led me down a path. You know, the, the, the book of Proverbs says that the, uh, the eye of man is never satisfied and death and hell are never, uh, uh, are never full. Right. And that the power of lust is that... Uh, when we give into it, it, it has, you know, that law of diminishing return. What worked yesterday or last year will not satisfy today. You mm-hmm. need more. Mm-hmm. And so my path was uh, a pathway that, you know, many men are familiar with. It, it went from, you know, porn to hardcore porn to uh, uh, chat lines, live calls with live women. Uh, secretly, uh, privately in hotel rooms or wherever I could find. And, uh, and sadly, over the course of many years, uh, 
you know, reaching out for sexual experiences in other places, whether it was a, uh, a massage parlor right. or a uh, escort uh, online or a prostitute on a street uh, or some anonymous hookup online. Uh, and uh, it literally, uh, it destroyed me. But, but the crazy thing was I was doing all of this while still maintaining, you know, this appearance uh, and uh, image of being a pastor and a Christian mm-hmm. in, uh, in in ministry. And it was, uh, it, you know, I, I was living the worst life I could, you could possibly imagine. I mean, self-loathing, suicidal, self-hatred, mm-hmm. uh, wanted out of this life, knowing how much one day this was going to destroy my family, my marriage my kids and my own life, uh, it was just awful. And, uh, but I, you know, for whatever reason, I could not summon the courage in my church world to tell anybody. I was Mm -hmm. just so afraid that if I told a soul that I would lose everything. And it wasn't so much that I was afraid to lose the church or the ministry or my position or my title, or whatever, it was a, it was a more of a fear of, oh, how could I replace it? What, what other job could I do? Mm-hmm. You know, if you're just, if you're working at Target, well, you can always go to work at Walmart. But if you, you know, if you go down in flames in the church world for adultery, pornography, affair, whatever, you're done, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, at least I thought I was, and I thought I would be. And, uh, so going out after that and trying to figure out, okay, what am I going to do now? I know how to speak. Anyone looking for a speaker? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyone right. looking for a very talented, uh, you know, uh, Christian writer? Uh, you know, there just wasn't, it, there was just this fear of losing everything. And so I just continually tried to overcome my sin by myself. And of course, today, uh, I know that when addiction sets in and stronghold set in, we're not meant to conquer that alone. That's, mm-hmm. that's not our job uh, to do that alone. We have to have help. Yes. So the next part of your story is that you were caught. Yes, your sir. world came crash. Your world came crashing down. I, I'd rather, rather than go through all the details of that, what I'd rather do is just encourage people to pick up this book, death by a thousand lies. Also, you can get more of Blaine's story on YouTube on your yeah. channel, Blaine, uh, I know there's uh, what four part video series takes maybe an hour to watch to get a, a more in-depth part of that story. But what I'd like to do is um, go ahead and bring this episode to a close. And Blaine has been gracious enough to uh, allow us to invite him to join us again next week. Mm-hmm. And you know, uh, kind of left you guys on a cliffhanger right. there. So, so <laughs> you can, you can get his full story on, you know, the Lord was gracious. As painful as it was, the Lord was gracious to enable you to be caught. And then out of that, God resurrects from the ashes uh, a new life for you. And so next week, I'd like for us to come back and talk about that new life and then how we can help men who are in that bondage to find freedom. So thanks for joining us on this week's podcast, and we'll join you uh, join us again next week. We got more Blaine Bartell coming up next week. God bless.
you're enjoying this podcast, please share with your friends. Thanks. The music is by Canon and is used with permission. This podcast is copyrighted by Brett Amorani, 2021.